Hey friends, and welcome to episode 70 of It's About Time, a podcast sharing stories and strategies to inspire women seeking better work, life, and balance. I'm your host, time management coach, Anna Dearman Cornick, and today, March 1st, is my first official day of maternity leave. I say first official day because as I'm recording this episode in the week before, we're already on baby watch. At my most recent checkup, my doctor said to pack our bags and get ready because our little one might make an appearance any moment now. So maybe she's arrived at this point. Maybe she hasn't. (laughs) The really funny thing is that her due date is March 16th. And so I thought I would be quite safe starting maternity leave two weeks in advance on March 1st. And while today marks day one of maternity leave for me, this episode on extended time off is not just for moms-to-be. While maternity leave is definitely a very common reason for extended time off, it's certainly not the only reason. And you may find yourself in need of or wanting to take extended time off from work or from your business at some point in the future, whether that time off is in fact for maternity leave, or maybe it's to attend to health issues or recovery from surgery, do some travel or take a sabbatical. So today I'm talking all about how to prep for extended time off, starting with why prepping in advance is so critical for successful time off, regardless of why you're taking the time off. We'll also dive into what extended time off can look like, whether you're a corporate professional, a small business owner with a team or a solopreneur. I'll share five things you need to consider before you put up your out-of-office message, and I'll even reveal the most important things that you need to include in that out-of-office message in order to set clear boundaries and communicate your expectations. I'll be peppering in actual steps that I've taken to prep for my maternity leave, as well as examples from friends, past podcast guests, and even a horror story or two so you can be on the lookout for potential pitfalls. And because I know you're probably making the most of your time and listening in the car while you're running errands or doing stuff around the house, it might be a little inconvenient for you to stop what you're doing and take notes so you can be ready for your next time away from work. Don't worry, I've got you covered. You can find all the details from this episode over in the show notes at abouttimepodcast.com forward slash 70. And because I like to make things as easy as possible for you to take action and implement, I've put together a free printable out-of-office cheat sheet containing two out-of-office messages that you can copy-paste and edit next time you need to set expectations for your time away. You can grab this free cheat sheet over in the show notes at abouttimepodcast.com forward slash 70. And if you haven't yet, I encourage you to tap that subscribe button to be notified as soon as new episodes and surprise bonus episodes go live. There are a few bonus episodes coming up and I definitely don't want you to miss those. If you like what you hear, I'd be so grateful for your review. 
Your reviews play a huge role in helping others find it's about time in the search results. And you might just get a shout out in a future episode like this one going out to Amanda Warfield. Amanda Warfield, my interview guest back in episode 56, was so kind to drop by and leave a five-star rating and review in iTunes for It's About Time. Amanda writes, time management without intention is trash, which is why I adore Anna and this podcast. She's not just giving you fluff to take and implement, then become even more overwhelmed with. Everything she teaches is to help you live a life with meaning. Not to mention, she's just about the sweetest person ever. You will not regret inviting Anna into your ears. Amanda, girl, thank you so much. I am so grateful to know you. And I love that we've grown a friendship over Instagram and that we're both time management coaches and podcast hosts. (laughs) Community over competition is way more than just a nice thing to say. And I love how we can collaborate and cheer each other on. So thanks again, Amanda, for leaving such a kind review. All right. It's about time we get started, so let's get this show on the road. You're listening to It's About Time, a podcast about work, life, and balance. Around here, we believe that busy is not a badge of honor. Your host, Anna Dearman Cornick, is here to share tips and strategies to help you make the most of your time. Listen in on real conversations and success stories to find out how other go-getters are getting things done. If you're ready to step away from the overwhelm and spend your time on what matters most, then you're in the right place. Here's your host, time management coach, Anna Dearman Cornick. All right, here we go. Right now, extended time off for me looks like maternity leave. And while you may not have maternity leave in your immediate future, you might find that you need to or want to take some type of extended time away from your work at some point. But in order for that time away to actually feel like time away, for it to be as stress-free as possible, there's definitely a bit of planning and prep that goes into making it happen. This is not something that you want to play by ear or decide that you'll try to just wing it and see what happens. And if you're listening and you're already thinking, but Anna, I can't take time off of any kind. I can't take real maternity leave. My business will fall apart. I can't take time off to travel. I'll get fired. Sorry, not sorry. Here comes the tough love. I'm going to straight up tell you that you're wrong. You can do anything you want with the right type of planning and preparation. It's up to you. And the only person holding you back from doing that planning and preparation is you. So before we dive into the ins and outs of prepping for extended time off, let's talk about why advanced planning for that extended time off is so key. First, just like doing a weekly planning session on Sunday enables you to walk into your week with a plan, thinking through your extended time off enables you to start day one of your time away with decisions made, boundaries in place, and expectations communicated. 
By making decisions and planning in advance, you're able to cut back on decision fatigue. You're able to identify any obstacles before they arise. And most importantly, you free yourself up to focus on the reason why you're taking extended leave in the first place. If you're taking maternity leave, you get to spend more quality time bonding with your baby or, you know, sleeping and healing. If you're taking time off for health issues or recovery from a surgery, you get to focus on exactly that, your recovery, putting your energy where it truly counts instead of adding to the stress of dealing with work issues while your body is repairing itself. If you're taking extended travel time, whether you're jet-setting off on a long honeymoon, traveling the country, or you've been awarded a trip of a lifetime by your company because of your years of service, planning in advance, setting boundaries, and deciding how and when you'll communicate means more time soaking up the amazing sights and sounds and experiences of your destination. And yes, even though COVID has limited our international travel opportunities, RV sales and rentals have skyrocketed in the past year as COVID-19 has changed the way we travel here in the United States. Having a plan in place means that you won't be scrambling to find Wi-Fi so you can log into a Zoom call or reply to some ridiculous email request from a client or colleague. And finally, if you're using your extended time off to take a sabbatical, you don't want it to go to waste. And if you're not familiar with the term sabbatical, it's defined as rest or a break from work. They're common in higher education settings and can be paid or unpaid leave for an employee so that they can study or travel. They're also somewhat common in K-12 education. My mom actually took a year-long sabbatical from teaching middle school the year that I was a graduating senior so she could attend conferences, award ceremonies, competitions, and other senior-type activities without having to deal with taking a lot of scattered time off or finding substitute teachers to fill in. Sabbaticals are also common for executives and business owners. On one end of the spectrum, Bill Gates is known for holding two Think Weeks each year. During his Think Weeks, he'd hole up in a cabin alone, cut off all outside distractions, be with his thoughts, and write. One of his 1995 Think Weeks actually resulted in the production of Internet Explorer, and they've inspired countless other developments in Microsoft and his philanthropic work. Ashlyn Carter, copywriter for Creatives, is a small business owner based in the Atlanta area who takes an annual, month-long sabbatical. During her sabbatical, she takes a break from client work, she steps away from social media, she travels with her husband, and spends time working on her business instead of in it. I'm looking forward to having her on the podcast later this year to tell us more about taking this intentional time to rest and reinvigorate creativity. Whether you're taking a think week or planning a month-long sabbatical or longer, having a plan in place keeps you from slipping back into work mode 
giving in to interruptions, and wasting the time you've set aside to use for rest or creative renewal. So now that we're on the same page about why planning in advance for extended time off is a key, and I've covered four super common reasons for taking extended time off, let's dive into the how. Here are five things to do before you put on your out-of-office responder for your extended time off. First, choose your start and end date. Second, know your financial plan. Third, craft your continuity plan. Fourth, set clear boundaries. And fifth, communicate your expectations. So first, choose your start and end date. This might seem like a no-brainer, but it's the first most important step that begins to allow the rest of your planning to take shape. For me, I can't predict when this baby will arrive. I mean, yes, I have a due date, but it's still up to me to decide on a date I'm comfortable with to officially start maternity leave. For you, having a surgery date and recovery timeline on the calendar might dictate your start and end time. Travel could be wide open. Same with sabbatical. Parkinson's law states that work expands to fill the time available, which is why time blocking during our workday is so important for getting things done on a day-to-day basis. So treat your extended time off the same way. Give it a clear start and end date. As of right now, my official end date for maternity leave is May 31st, but knowing me, I imagine I'll start gradually ramping up again in mid-May. And I'm also not putting pressure on myself to do that ramp up if I'm genuinely not feeling up to it yet. So once you've set your start and end date, you're able to move forward with the next four steps in the process. The second step being know your financial plan. The biggest question being, how are you going to fund your extended time off and still cover your personal and family and or business expenses? What savings do you need to accumulate in advance in order to cover those expenses? What discussions do you need to have with your family or significant other to create a financial plan for this time off? If you're a business owner, how will you hit your annual revenue goals for the year despite this planned time off? Do you need to pause any subscriptions or make temporary expense cuts? If you have a team of employees, contractors, or consultants, how will they be affected financially by your extended time off? Do you need to cut or pause any of your current vendor or contractor agreements? And by the way, I've also included these questions in that free out-of-office cheat sheet waiting for you over in the show notes at abouttimepodcast.com forward slash 70. At the end of 2020, as I began to create my financial plan for maternity leave, I had to take a hard look at the financial sustainability of my business and the team supporting my business. After reviewing annual expenses, revenue numbers, and projections, 
I made the tough decision to cut back on some of my support team in order to decrease my expenses going into and for the duration of maternity leave. Of course, this wasn't an easy decision to make, but it required me to get crystal clear on ways that I can simplify 2021 word of the year, by the way, and still serve clients and you guys who tune into the podcast each week without sacrificing the quality of that service and allowing me to focus on welcoming our new baby and adjusting to life as a mom of two. If you're not a business owner and instead you're an employee taking time off, here are some questions to consider. Does your company have a formal maternity or extended leave program in place? How many days of paid or unpaid leave does that include? Do you qualify for FMLA? FMLA, the Family and Medical Leave Act of 1993, gives you the right to take time off due to illness or caring for an ill dependent without losing your job. So if that's your situation, I highly encourage you to research whether you qualify for FMLA because not everyone does. Also, how is your insurance coverage affected by extended time off? Can you use disability insurance to supplement your lost income during your extended time off? I won't name names, but at a former place of employment, One of my colleagues was about a week away from beginning her maternity leave. Her husband was a small business owner and the insurance benefits provided through our company, the company we worked for, covered her whole family, herself, her husband, and her child. What she didn't realize until the week before her leave began is that our company's maternity leave policy included termination of all company benefits for the duration of her leave. In other words, on day one of maternity leave, that meant no salary, no insurance until the day she came back to work. Once she realized that that was the case, again, we're talking a week before she was heading out on maternity leave. She was floored. She was devastated. She was incredibly upset and left in tears to spend the afternoon scrambling to secure new private health insurance for her family with just days to go before delivering her baby. This situation is all too common at workplaces across the United States. And if you weren't aware, the U.S. is the only industrialized country that doesn't require employers to provide paid maternity, paternity, or parental leave. So do your research far in advance to understand what your company offers and doesn't offer. Her experience and the lack of support that company provided to parents was a huge factor in why I eventually left. Okay, so let's talk step three. Okay, y'all, so I know we could all probably use a little more time in our day, right? You're no stranger to busy schedules and intentionally filling them up to the brim because you just have so much to get done. But sometimes it feels like you don't really ever have the time to just slow down and enjoy the simple things. Simple things like when my toddlers are giggling and playing nicely together in the backyard, or when a Sunday afternoon nap sounds too good to pass up. 
We all want more time to enjoy these kinds of things, right? Well, if you love personality quizzes like I do, then you're in for a treat. In my new quiz, which you can take for free at AnnaDCornick.com forward slash quiz, I'm helping you uncover what it will take to get you from chaos to calm, to finally feel like you have space in your days. I know it can feel downright frustrating to keep using the same old time management strategies that just don't seem to work for you. You've got the planners, the calendars, apps, you're doing all the things, but you still feel like you have no time. And that's because you need time management strategies that work for your personality and your life. In my 10 plus years working in crisis communications and chaos management, and all the time I've spent with my clients, I've learned that everyone has their own needs. And knowing what those needs are can really help you discover the best approach to planning your days. Knowing yourself can help you ease up busy schedules, and find more calm and clarity in your week. Do you want to know how to get there? To have more breathing room in your days? Let's figure out your time management personality type so you can uncover exactly what you need to do to feel more productive, less stressed, and more balanced. You can take the quiz at AnnaDCornick.com forward slash quiz, and I'll make sure to link to the quiz in our show notes. All right, on with the show. Craft your continuity plan. Now that you know how long you'll be out and how you're going to fund everything, it's time to come up with your plan for keeping the train on the tracks while you're out. Here's a question. Are you in a role that enables you to just walk away from your desk, do nothing, and then come back after a month like nothing ever happened? And hey, that might be the reality for some of you. And if so, I'd love to know what job you have and how exactly that works. Because that's not going to be the case for most of us, whether we're employees or we're running a business. Now, your workplace or your department may already have some type of continuity plan drawn up for your role, but it's always good to think through continuity and potential solutions to present to your supervisor to show that you're being proactive and thoughtful about your time away. So whether you're a business owner or an employee on a team, ask yourself, what are the essential tasks that you perform that no one else can do or that no one else is currently doing? Keyword being essential, and it's up to you to decide what's truly essential and what's nice to have. Will you pause those essential tasks or will you delegate or train someone else on how to do them? For example, I'm pressing the pause button in my business. I wrapped up all of my one-on-one coaching relationships last week and won't reopen new one-on-one coaching spots until at least June 1st. Another question, what can you prepare in advance in order to keep things moving? Are there reports? projects, or content that can be created in advance? Can you create a document for a substitute teacher, a temp worker, or a colleague who will be handling your responsibilities? Part of my continuity plan has looked like banking three months worth of podcast episodes, both interviews and solo shows, in order to minimize how hands-on I need to be with the podcast while I'm taking time off. 
That took preparation, planning, scheduling interviews, and getting everything ready with enough time to ship off to my editors and get locked and loaded and ready to go. If you choose to delegate, what training does that person need? How long might training take? And how far in advance should you start that training to make sure that you have enough time to pass along all of the important details? If you're taking time off for maternity leave or other health reasons, do you need to hire a contractor or a virtual assistant to shoulder some of the responsibility while you're away? Can you create a referral list of other trusted service providers that you can share when potential clients reach out? You know, for example, Amanda Warfield, my guest back in episode 56 and today's listener spotlight is also a time management coach. I've let Amanda know that if I get any speaking requests during my leave that I can't fulfill, I'll be sharing her name and recommending her as a great alternative. I've also seen this work well for realtors going on leave. Prior to heading out of the office, they identify a pool of other trusted realtors that provide similar outstanding service that they can recommend so that they're able to still be of service to the people who contact them even if they aren't the one who will close the sale in the end. And finally, you know, what can you put on autopilot? This might apply more to the personal side of life, but can you sign up for auto bill pay so that you're not having to dive into, you know, paying bills and managing your finances as closely while you're on your extended time off? Can you hire someone to do things like water plants or walk your dog if you'll be traveling? If you're taking time off for maternity leave or other health reasons, can you make freezer meals in advance or even look into a meal delivery service? Okay, so now that you've thought through your continuity plan and you've decided how you're going to keep the train on the tracks, whether at work or in your business, it's time to set some boundaries. And this goes hand in hand with creating your continuity plan, because you've got to decide how you're going to handle requests while you're taking your extended time off. In a corporate setting, you may not have much say here, or your company culture or department policies may dictate how and what you're required to do, even while you're out. But in many cases, it'll be up to you to decide your boundaries and firmly stick to them in order to protect your time. Decisions to make about boundaries include, how often do I want to check in with my team? And just as important as how often, what exactly do I want or even need to check in on? Without getting crystal clear on these two things, it might be tempting to micromanage while you're on leave, constantly worried about how things are going or what people are doing. And if you're going to check in, by clearly defining what, why, and how often, you're saving yourself from being too tied into work and you're allowing yourself to disconnect and focus on the reason why you're taking leave in the first place. Are you taking leave or are you working remotely? There is a big difference. Also, if you serve clients, what kind of communication or support are you willing to offer clients while you're on leave? 
Deciding in advance means that you're not going to slide down a slippery slope to spending your time off working. I'm choosing to stop all one-on-one coaching. And my former clients know that if they need support, they can email me. But I won't be able to respond as quickly as usual, and they know that. Here's a fun example. If you're a photographer taking extended time off for travel, like Sarah Becker back in episode 18 of It's About Time. Sarah traveled for almost four months back in 2019. You know, maybe you want to advertise photo shoot opportunities in some of the destinations you plan to visit, or maybe not. It's up to you. But when you decide in advance, you get to plan for how you'll make it happen. If you're a service provider, you'll also want to think through when you want to start booking clients again. Are you going to wait until you're officially back to ramp up your marketing efforts? Or are you going to start marketing before your day one back in the office? And if that's the case, what prep do you need to do before you take leave to be ready for that marketing that takes place before you're officially back in the office? And finally, What are you willing or able to work on while you're taking leave? So what if you're in the middle of extended travel or a sabbatical and you are approached with an amazing opportunity? What would someone have to offer you to step away from your leave and take on work? When you know in advance what you're willing to say yes to, it's easier to make the decision if and when the opportunity presents itself. So now we're in the home stretch. After you've made all of these big decisions, you've got your start date, you've got your end date, you've got your financial and your continuity plans figured out, and you've set your boundaries, it's time to communicate your expectations. Extended time away from work is not something that happens all the time. And as you can imagine, we're each going to approach it a bit differently based on our unique circumstances, which also means that most of the people in your circle are going to bring their own assumptions and ideas about extended time off to the table. That's why it's incredibly important to know and then communicate exactly what your expectations are to each of the important people who will be affected by your time off. Chances are you've already been in communication with a number of people throughout your planning process. Your team at work, your supervisor if you have one, colleagues, clients, contractors, vendors, partners, friends, family, and your significant other. But in case you haven't, now is the time to clearly communicate your expectations for your extended time off. And once you've spoken with or emailed each of these important people or groups of people, one of the best ways to set expectations about your communication and reachableness is with an out-of-office message. But not just a super too lame sentence. Hello, thank you for your email. I am currently out of the office and will return on March 19th. Warmest regards, Susan. That is not enough to communicate your expectations. That is a barely, that barely counts. 
That's like the bare minimum of an out-of-office message. That's like the wet blanket of out-of-office messages. And we can do better than that. <laughs> Some companies may have a boilerplate out-of-office message that all employees are required to use during time away. That was actually the case for one of my previous places of employment. We basically had a fill-in-the-blank, Mad Lib-style out-of-office message we were required to use to stay on brand. And if that's the case for you, go with that. But if you have any freedom to write your own, I highly recommend including the following pieces of info in your next out-of-office message. First, the dates you'll be out of the office and the date that you'll return. Again, be crystal clear about the date that you'll return. Second, why you're out of the office if you feel comfortable sharing it. This goes a step further in helping manage expectations. Third, explain when the person emailing you can expect to hear back from you. And if you have a few key groups of people that commonly reach out, go a step further and communicate how you're prioritizing each group and when you plan to respond. I'll give an example of this in just a second. Fourth, if you have a second in command or someone who is filling in for you, provide their contact information with their approval, of course. And fifth, if you're a business owner, podcaster, or have some type of content to share, direct them to your latest piece of free content. During my recent move, I put up an away message for almost a week that explained that one, I was in the middle of a move. Two, that I would be back at my desk to respond to emails on a specific day. Three, that when I returned, I would respond to clients first, then currently scheduled podcast interview guest, followed by speaking or partnership requests, and finally podcast pitches in that order. I also included a link to the most recent episode of It's About Time and invited them to check it out while they were waiting on me to get back to them. I got positive feedback from people in each of those groups because they understood exactly what to expect from me. And it kept them from wondering where I was or clogging my inbox by following up multiple times to make sure I'd gotten their email. I've included that full out of office message so you can use it as inspiration, plus my maternity leave out of office message responder in the free printable cheat sheet to prepping for extended time off that you can find over in the show notes. So you can copy, paste, edit, set it and forget it until you return from your next time off. So there you have it. Prepping to take extended time off of work. Whether you're a corporate professional, small business owner, or solopreneur is no small task. Maternity leave, health issues or recovery, travel or taking a sabbatical are all worth your focus, your time, and your energy. And yes, you can take extended leave, but in order for it to be successful or even possible, you've got to be thoughtful and plan in advance. 
I hope that you found this episode to be helpful. And even if you don't have extended time off in your immediate future, I encourage you to file this away to refer back to when the time comes. I also invite you to share this episode with anyone you know who has some type of extended time off coming up. All you have to do is open the app where you're listening, tap the share button, and text this episode to a friend who might need some help getting a solid game plan in place for out-of-office time. As always, all of the details from today's episode can be found over in the show notes at abouttimepodcast.com forward slash 70. And while you're there, don't forget to download your out-of-office cheat sheet that includes a list of the questions you should ask yourself when making your plan, plus two autoresponder messages that you can copy, paste, edit, set it, and forget it until you get back to your desk. And before we go, let me tell you a little bit about next week's episode, episode 71. In episode 71, I'm talking with Leanne Moss, a career coach and speaker about how to level up your leadership by cultivating your soft skills and defining your unique impact before someone else defines it for you. We tackle tough stuff like how to make an impact when your work is unfulfilling and battling people pleaser tendencies to advocate for yourself. She also gives us a peek behind the scenes of what it's really like to work in the legal field compared to what you see play out on TV legal dramas. You don't want to miss it. All right, that's it for today. Thanks so much for tuning in, and I look forward to talking with you soon. Thanks for listening to It's About Time, a podcast about work, life, and balance. Head over to www.abouttimepodcast.com to join the conversation. Check out the show notes and dive into bonus content so you can start living your best life today. Love this episode? Be sure to share it with a friend, subscribe, and leave a review. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you in the next episode.